It's been a weighty year. And I want to talk to you this morning about the blessing of a weight. The blessing of a weight. Can there be a blessing when you feel the weight of the world on you, when you feel that weight of responsibility, when you feel the weight of hardship, when you feel the weight of, 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 of uh, the decision-making and the responsibility of your family and the responsibility of your life and of your finances, when it has become such a weight, can there be a blessing that is attached to it? And I'm here to tell you this morning that there is a blessing that is attached to the weight you've been feeling today. Now, I told you, you know, and, and most of you know the story, but if you're new, I want to just tell you the story that when I was told I couldn't have children, well, originally, they, before they even said that, they said, uh, Ms. Spruit, we, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this. It was, you know, just in a regular exam. They said, you have two uteruses. And I was like, two uteruses? I'm like a baby-making machine. I could pop them out left and right. I mean, I, I was like, this is cool. And they said, well, no, you don't understand. With that is that you will probably never have children. Because normally in those situations, the uteruses aren't functioning. And in those situations, if for some reason, if there is a possibility that you would get pregnant, you'll never carry the child full term. It would be 99.9% chance of miscarriage. And that was a weight emotionally and physically on me. Mentally. Because now I have to tell my new husband what it's just been told to me. And in that time, we had to make a decision of what were we going to believe? Because you always have a choice. You always have a choice whether you're going to go with the information that you just got or whether you're going to go with the Word of God. And we had to make a decision at that moment of what we were going to believe. So I got pregnant. <laughs> And I was going to enjoy every moment of being pregnant down to the point of the phrase, I am eating for two. <laughs> and there was a Taco John's that was by our house. So after every doctor's appointment, we had decided that we would go to Taco John's for dinner. The thing was because it was considered a high-risk pregnancy, the last three months of my pregnancy, I had to go to the doctor every week. <laughs> and I was home, and pastor would come home from work, and I'd be like, honey, I've been cooped up in the house. Can we, <laughs> this is so bad. Can we go for a ride? He said, sure. We'd get in the car, and we would go around the block, and I'd be like, oh, I feel a little sick. I probably need to stop and get something. There was a gas station. Hostess cherry pies. They're going to be in heaven. I know it. Every night when he came home, we'd go for a ride and we'd stop and get a hostess cherry pie. Because see, back then, girls, you young, you young moms, it wasn't about wearing that tight t-shirt to show off your belly. We wore the tents. The pleats of the shirt started here. 
and just plead it straight out. So you could get up in the morning and you could be like, oh, I just feel so fat. And you'd put on that shirt and you'd go, ooh, I got some room. <laughs> and the thing was that, oh, I gained 60 pounds. Pastor Nick weighed eight pounds. It was 60 pounds, 52 pounds of Taco John's and Hostess cherry pies that I carried. <laughs> but here's the thing. Every pound that I gained, all that weight was proof that there was life on the inside. That there was a miracle that was taking place. I couldn't see the baby, but I could get on that scale. Oh, let me tell you something, too. I'm going to give you some advice. New moms, moms that want, or not, that you want to have a baby, here's what you have to do. The very first visit that you go see your doctor, you wear your boots, you wear your heaviest sweater, wear two sweaters, wear your jacket, wear your heaviest jewelry. You get on that scale. Don't take anything off. Get on that scale. All right? Every visit after that, take off a layer. <laughs> By your last visit, you're going to be standing in your swimsuit. But they're going to go, you only gained like 10 pounds. Okay. <laughs> Just give you some, some you know, advice there. Because 60 pounds, the doctor kept saying, you got to stop at some point. I was like, I'm taking off my earrings because I know these earrings weigh something. But every bit of that pound, I couldn't see it. I could feel the discomfort. I could feel the pain. I could feel how difficult it was to move around. That weight was doing something, but that weight meant that there was a miracle that was about to come forth. And we're going to read this morning 1 Kings 17 and verse 7. And it's a story that everybody knows, but we're going to get into it this morning. And starting in verse 7, it says, Now, some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. It came to Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may drink? And as she was going to get it, he called him, bring me, please, a piece of bread. Have you ever just like been sitting on the couch and like you want to go to the bathroom or you, you know, you want to go and get yourself something to drink, but you refuse to get up because you know as soon as you do, your spouse is going to go, oh, hey, while you're up, <laughs> can you get me something to drink and, oh, uh, and make me a sandwich? And make <laughs> Elijah, Elijah was a man. He just, you know. Hey, and also, verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. Isn't that what makes bread? I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said. But first make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. 
So there was food every day for Elijah and for, the women, uh, and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So here you have in the scriptures, Elijah put a huge weight when he asked this woman to feed him. She just explained to him her circumstances and he acted like he didn't even care. When somebody asks you how you're doing and you tell them how bad it is, you're looking for sympathy. You're looking for some help. You're looking for somebody to understand. We're definitely not looking for somebody to add more pressure onto our situation. But weight applied on us pulls something out of us that is already in us. So the question this morning is, is what is in you? Are you operating in fear? Or are you operating in faith? Are you operating in the opinions and the words of the people around you? Are you operating in the word of God? Because weight puts a demand on your faith. It will put a demand Everything that you're going through, that weight of that circumstances is going to put a demand on your faith and it's going to say, okay, faith, what are you going to do about this? And you can either curl up in a ball and say, I'm taking a nap, or you can begin to take the steps to activate that faith that God has put on the inside of you to see the miracle take place. Elijah says to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said. Can you imagine? Here she's saying to him, I've got nothing. We're, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to make this little bread. We're going to go home and we're going to just eat it and we are going to die. And here the man of God says, hey, listen, don't be afraid. Go home and die if you want. If that's what you want. I really feel like Elijah was saying, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. But don't be afraid. But there is a better way. And sometimes we just are going, calling out to God in our situation, in our weighty situation, and we're saying, God, I'm just not going to make it. There's just no way. And God is saying, okay, then go and have it your way. If you want to do it, that's fine. Just don't be afraid. You know, so, uh, pastor would always say, hey, if you're going to do it, do it with confidence. So if you have confidently decided you are not going to make it, that God is not for you, that you are going down, then do it and don't be afraid. But there is a better plan that God has for us. And he says, but first make that small loaf of bread for me from what you have. And that word jumped out at me last night so big because it's so easy to say, God, I've got nothing. And God says, this is what I want you to do. And what we want to do is say, well, let me go ask this person over here to help you. I am not a nurse at all. I mean, I, if these nurses that would come into the hospital uh, pastor's room and take care of him, I, we would thank them over and over and over again. I am so grateful for nurses because that is not me. I am horrible. At that, I am one that literally, you, if you, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to tell you right now, so don't put your trust in me. If you are dying, I will, I will, I will pray for you, but I'm going to say, 
hold on, I'm going to go get somebody for you. But Elijah's saying, I need you to do this. Don't pass this off to somebody else. Don't rely on somebody else. Don't rely on another stimulus check that's going to come to help get you out of your financial situation. We got a God that owns it all. That's who we go to. We can't rely on government to put a program that's going to help do something for us. We got to pray for our nation and we'll see the hand of God move. So he's saying, I need you to make me this bread. And he gives her instructions. He gives her a task with no explanation. Have you ever been in that situation where you felt that God doesn't care about what you're going through? And not only does, do you feel that he doesn't care, but then he asks you to do something else and he doesn't explain himself to you. He asks you to go pray for somebody when you yourself need prayer so bad. He'll ask you to sow a seed when you're already in debt. He will ask you to go and forgive that person who did you wrong. And there are times when we won't understand the what's or the why's of what is happening. But can you trust God through the process that he'll give you the victory? Because he goes on to say, this is what the Lord, now he gives her the promise. He gives her, gives her the promise about the jar of flour is not going to be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry. But when I was reading this, and I put myself in that woman's position, and I wonder how I would have done with Elijah's request. Would I have started complaining before he ever got to the promise part. Because it does not say in the word of God that he ran all those things together. Like it does not say, he could have, but it doesn't say that he said, listen, go make me, go make me some bread uh, first and make it for you and your son because this is what is gonna happen and here's the promise. He could have said to her, go and make me bread first and then make some for you and your son. Maybe he stopped to take a drink of water, and there was a pause in there. Maybe he was waiting at that moment to see what her reaction was going to be before he began to explain what a promise was coming. And I started to think about, for myself, if I would have been that woman and said, uh, excuse me, number one, I'm a widow, which is basically a death sentence in those times. Number two, I'm not gathering sticks for s'mores. You can see that I'm hungry. You can see probably the depression on my face. You can see the weight of the world knowing that this is the last meal, that I am going to go home and we're going to eat this and we're going to die. I'm going to hold my child in my arms as he passes away. Or what if I pass away before my child does? What is my child going to do? All these things are running in there in this woman's mind. And I was thinking about that myself. And then I was thinking I hardly would have looked at Elijah and say, and number three, I just told you my situation. You gotta go. The weight he put on this widow woman put her in a place where she had to make a decision. Was she gonna do what she previously had stated she was gonna do? Or was she gonna allow the weight of the pressure pushed on her to respond in faith and set her up for a miracle? There was a, you know, we have the weight of that bill 
that unexpected bill that comes. We have the weight of unemployment that comes out of the blue. We have the weight of a doctor's report. We have the weight of divorce. We have the weight of that relationship that comes. But I want to remind you this morning before I go any further, you were never meant to carry the weight of worry. You are never meant to carry the weight of fear. You're never to carry the weight of shame or regret or any of those things. Matthew 11, 28 and 30 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. There are going to be yokes and there are going to be burdens, but it is not meant to kill and steal and destroy. That's what the enemy does. In John 10, 10, he comes to kill, to steal and destroy. But the word goes on, but I have come. This is God. I have come that they may have life and they may have life more abundantly. So you can stop at the beginning of that. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and you can go, yes, amen, I have felt it this, this past year. And you can stop right there, as like the widow woman could have stopped right there. But you got to go on to the promise. And the promise is life more abundantly. In Genesis, it talks, God talks about the fact that what the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. Romans 8, 28. I didn't put the whole verse down here. I love the part, though. It says, all things work together for good. So can that weight be a blessing? Yes, it can. When you allow God to fulfill his promises that he has for you. When Elijah said, fear not in her weighty situation, he wanted her to know that she didn't have to be afraid. But you will have to use your faith to fight through to the promise. See, we all want, we want the promises of God easy. We want, you know, we want it handed to us. How many of you, you know, I like these kind of prayers or these, these kind of moments and they don't happen very often, but it seems that it happens to people around me. Have you ever just like wanted to throat punch somebody who goes, I didn't even pray for that and God gave that to me? Try and speak now. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm a pastor. I should be, praise God. Isn't God good? I get in my flesh and I'm like, you don't understand. I've been praying for that. I used to say my angel is really bad at GPS because I would be, literally, I'd be like, here's my list. Angel, look at number four and number eight. You gave it to this person and this person. I'm right here. And it's so hard. We want it easy. But there are going to be times that it's not going to be easy. And honestly, we don't want it easy because little weight means little promises. And I don't know about you, but I need some big promises filled in my life. And it's only going to come with the big weight. You want the miracle, you want the destiny, you want the turnaround, you want promises to be fulfilled in your life, it is gonna require some weight applied on you. 
If following Jesus was easy, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That cross is heavy. But he's saying, you can do it. Just pick it up. You can follow. There are going to be difficult moments in life that will seem too heavy to bear and too overwhelming. But the great thing is, is you don't have to do it alone. You know, Elijah knew that the weight of his request was going to freak her out. And that she might get hung up on the request. She might get a little hung up on all the details. But if she would just put action to her faith, there was going to be a miracle produced for her. See, you got to put action to your faith. Listen, it's not easy pushing a baby through a straw. But if you can do it, put action to that push, you're going to hold your miracle. And when you're staring at your situation and it looks like a mountain that is there, the choice has got to be, will you put action to your faith? The weight forces you to lean on God. And that's exactly what he wants you to do. He does not allow a weight to, 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 to press on you that he is not willing to hold you up through. You know, we sing that song, and, and, and in it we sing that God is a way maker. Well, how is he a way maker if nothing is ever blocking the way? There's going to be blocks along the way. We like to sing, he's that way maker. All right, God, just, you know, but you just clear my path. And he's saying, I will, but you're going to have to come with me to do this. You have the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And here, the disciples come to Jesus and he says, these people are hungry. There's 5,000 men. Altogether, there's about 20,000 people here and they are hungry. And we should just send them home. And Jesus says, no, keep them here. You feed them. You talk about a weighty job that these disciples are like scrambling in their minds to think, how is this going to take place? And all they can come up with is a fish sandwich. But when they gave it to Jesus, Jesus will take that snack for one and he will multiply it and bless it and it will feed 20,000 people with leftovers. What looks like a slingshot, a kid's slingshot, becomes in the hand of God a heat-seeking missile to take out your enemy. What looks like a walking stick to some becomes a water divider under the anointing of God that will get you through to your promised land. What looks like a lion's den to some becomes a prayer room and a petting zoo under the almighty power of God. And what looked like the cross that was the symbol of death and defeat under the mighty hand of God becomes our deliverance from death, hell, and the grave. It becomes our bridge of salvation. When weight is applied, you need to respond with action. And if the woman would have freaked out, she would have missed her miracle. When the weight of pregnancy is applied, the push brings your miracle. And when the doctor's report comes, you have to respond with action. And two weeks ago, I had some lab work done. 
And they came back and they said, we see something here and we need you to go see uh, this doctor. And I was like, okay. And I go, when, when I got the news, I got that news on a Friday. And I Googled, oh guys, don't Google. There's not, nothing, it's a rabbit hole. It just, you know, and no one, no one on Google says, hey, this is just a last resort kind of a thing. No, they put it number one. And I got this news on a Friday afternoon, and then the very next morning, about 4 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, is when pastor's uh, appendix ruptured. So now we're in the hospital with that, and, you know, and, and, and I've got this news, and I've got a doctor's appointment that was set up. And so we went through the whole thing of, of pastor in the hospital and dealing with infection and he's not, you know, he's just feeling miserable and all these kind of things going on. And then he was able to come home and I had another doctor's appointment and I was believing God for a good, my good report. I just knew they messed up on the first report everything's fine, or maybe they just go, here's a little pill, take this for five days, everything's great. And it was on a Thursday, and we do our Thursday night live on Facebook. And I was gonna be doing it by myself that day because pastor, you know, was still not feeling good. And so all day I studied on a message of answered prayers because my doctor was gonna call, and I was so ready. I even had it in my notes. Here's my great testimony. And 30 minutes before I was supposed to go on, the doctor calls. I'm like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say, praise God. I want him to know. I'm thanking Jesus on the phone. And he said, Mrs. Pruitt, all the tests that we did, everything else about you looks good. But we have a problem here. And I need you to go to a specialist. And he said a few things. And because I had Googled before, my stomach dropped. And now the weight has landed once again. And I walked in and I'm looking at the clock and I'd gotten everything set up to go live and I had my notes out. And I talked to Pastor and and Olivia, she was there. He said, honey, let's just cancel tonight. I just want you to just, let's just cancel and we're just gonna just, you know, just take the night off and you just rest. And I was put in that situation of a choice. And I knew, see, God never leaves you. He never forsakes you. That message that day, I didn't know it. I was putting that message together for me. And as I sat down and I'm watching the clock tick and I just have a couple minutes left, the enemy spoke to me because, you know, the enemy, he loves to put in his little two cents. He says, go ahead, preach your message on answered prayer and then tell them your prayer wasn't answered. And I had to, all of a sudden, pastor goes, it's seven o'clock, go. And I pushed the button after the enemy got out that last word. 
And I had to make a choice at that moment with the weight on my shoulders. What am I going to do? Because I have only heard a task first. I only heard this is what I want you to do. I have not heard the blessing yet. It wasn't, hey, preach this word and you're going to instantly be healed. It was preach the word. Get the word out. Get it on the inside of you. Hear it again as you're speaking it out loud. Get it in because God does answer prayers. And one of the ways he answers it is by putting the peace of God on the inside of you so that you can stand with the weight of the Holy Spirit on you and you can begin to prophesy over your life. And I got on there. And I prayed for people that needed prayers answered. And I prayed for people that needed a miracle in their body. And the whole time the enemy's going, really? Does it really work? Oh my God, works every single time. But we live in this world and things will happen to, to people. You always hear, you know, bad things happen to good people. It does. We're not in a perfect environment yet. That's heaven. But we can call heaven down into our situations. When my friend Heidi, we were praying for her, going through stage four cancer, and she was going through chemo and radiation and feeding tubes, and it was during COVID, so she couldn't even have her family uh, uh, surrounding around her. My friend would always declare. And the times that she could even speak, she would text it, God is good all the time. And how could somebody in stage four cancer say God is good all the time? Because God is good all the time and this woman is cancer free right now. Hallelujah. Because she realized when you have a choice and the weight of the world is on you, you can either lay down and take your last meal and die, or you can stand up and say, my God heals. My God sets free. Did God put cancer on her? No. But can God use it for good? Do you want to know how good he used it? The first thing I said is, God, if you did it for Heidi, you'll do it for me. God, if you did it for them, you're going to do it for me. God, you still answer prayers because your word is alive and it works. My husband, sitting in the hospital, he's got to have surgery. He does have to have the appendix out. Women pray for me. They're going to cut them open. We've had, I've had two cesareans and a hysterectomy, but I guarantee you his appendix will be much worse. <laughs> He's not watching, so I can say that. Don't tell him I said that. But when the weight of husband in a hospital and planning for surgery in a few weeks and mounting hospital bills and would you pray with me this Wednesday I go see a specialist Wednesday at 1140 and I am listen I have been God, I've been crying at the weirdest times 
And I told my husband, I said, it's not crying because of fear. It's not crying because of doubt. It's not crying, you know, because I'm like, oh no, this kind of thing. I'm more crying because the peace of God that is just so overwhelming just gets you sometimes. So, so much so much so I was talking to a woman at the hospital she was just working on some insurance things for me and she goes well let me see if we can find you a better plan and I broke out crying and she looked at me and I said I'm so sorry she goes no that's okay because I'm crying too now insurance woman and I just crying and there's poor pastor just sitting in between us it's like whatever so I know that all is well. How can you say it when you don't know what's going to happen? Because all is well. Because my God, He doesn't leave. He doesn't forsake. The weight that is put on is so that faith gets stirred up. So with all this happening, what is happening in my house? Let me tell you what's happening in my house. We're speaking the word like we've never spoke before. It's so easy to tell somebody else to confess the word of God, but when it's down on you, you better come alive with speaking the word of God. Pastor and I, we always pray together, but that prayer time has gone to a whole nother level of prayer together. Men, you wanna do something really sexy with your women? I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, one of the sexiest things you can do is walk by your wife, lay hands on her, and begin to confess the Word of God over her. Pastor, I was just standing at the kitchen counter and he walks up and he lays hands on me. And one of our prayers uh, and, and word that we're speaking is Ezekiel 16, 6, and it says, and when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. That's a promise of God. So when responding to the weight with our faith, it produces miracles. And this weight that has been on us is not just producing uh, uh, our faith and taking it to next levels and deeper levels with him and intimate moments with him which has been amazing and they would not have been there if this weight had not been here rewards always outweighs the challenges and guys I don't like the challenges but I know that through challenges that God reigns that God is good all the time because he won't leave you he won't forsake you did an illustration once and a teacher had got up in front of her class and she took a glass of water and she held it out and the kids thought oh she's going to ask the question is it half full or is it half empty but instead she asked the question how heavy is this glass so they began to say well maybe six ounces eight ounces you know 15 ounces and she responded that the absolute weight doesn't matter it depends on how long I hold it. If I hold it for a moment, it's not heavy. If I hold it for an hour, my arm's gonna get a little wobbly and a little shaky. If I hold it all day, my arm is gonna hurt. It's gonna be numb. It's gonna feel like it's just paralyzed. And in each case, the weight of the glass does not change. 
But the longer I try and hold it, the heavier it becomes. And in those times when the weight is so heavy on you, and you're trying to hold it on your own. And God is saying, you are not meant to hold this on your own because it's too heavy for you to hold. And it's too heavy for you to bear on your own. And the promises of God is here and He will respond to you. Our response has got to be to recognize God and to give it to Him. One of the greatest things that we as believers get to do is we get to give God our frustrations and we get to give God our hurts and we get to give God our anger and God has big shoulders and He can take it. And God loves when you're real because there are moments in this past two weeks I would love to say I was such a perfect little Christian, the perfect pastor's wife. But there were moments that I said, God, I don't like this. I don't think this is right. God, I wanted a quicker testimony. I wanted to get up there and say, you know, first report was wrong and, you know, ha ha, I'm, you know, walking on sunshine. And God says, I know, I understand, but I will carry you through this. And there is victory in the name of Jesus. One of the first verses, and then I'm closing. One of the first verses that I ever taught my children to, to, to say that they memorized was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The promise of God is that He gives you strength to carry the weight. He gives you the faith. He's already given it to you. He's given you all the faith that you need to deal with the weight that is on your situation right now. And in those moments where it's unbearable, he's been standing there the whole time saying, I'm gonna carry you through this. I'm gonna help you through this situation. I'm gonna help you through this season. I'm gonna help you through this time because that's who our God is. 